This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder. Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the Cousins, Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker CuzCast for all podcast updates and more. We are two weeks, less than two weeks away from the spring game, guys. We're getting there. Spring camp is winding down. Uh, next week is going to be a quasi-game week, so it's kind of getting exciting here. Uh, are you guys ready for spring camp to uh, finish up, Derek? Uh, yeah, I am. I'm ready for the spring game at least. I, I, I'm excited to see how that's going to turn out. Uh, I know uh, Matt Rule was asked about how the spring game was going to, the format of the spring game was going to be, and he said it was too early. Yeah. That was a bit of a Scott Frost answer. <laughs> hey, don't you ever compare those two together, ever, ever again. It, I mean, Scott Frost would always say the same thing. So, I, I look. I, I it is what it is. Uh, I mean, I'm excited for it. It's going to be fun to see what this team can do again. See if we can see some improvement, especially in the offensive line, some of the other key areas. See if these receivers can catch a ball. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Tyler, are you getting to the point where you're just tired of reading articles about spring camp and you're just ready to see it on the field? Um, a little bit. I mean, I would say this is just, it's been a really fun spring. We talked about this last week. I feel like in the last five years, I feel like doing these spring podcasts have kind of been a chore because there's just so little that comes out. And not that it's always easy to come up with topics, but I feel like this year there's at least a lot more content being put out and i think that's a lot about the way that matt rules running it so yeah and there well there's a lot more access right there's they're seeing practice a lot longer they're doing more meaningful things in front of the media so that part is good yeah i agree with that uh yeah matt rule he's completely embraced this this head coaching job i mean it's he's doing he's doing great and i like the way he's running uh i'm ready for the spring game as well i just want to get to the game week here because you know there's only so many highlight videos that you can like say yay, and, and I'm sure we're gonna some of these highlight videos will get uh, brought up. But isn't that all the spring game essentially is? Is highlight video, a, yeah. a highlight hype video? Sure, sure. But it's I don't know. It's still fun. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's talk about some of the uh, some of the spring topics, uh, spring storylines, I guess. Uh, we did that last week. We carry it on this week. Uh, number one uh, is Henrik Harburg the second team quarterback now. Tyler, what do you think here? Well, if if you listen to the reports um, about a week ago, uh, he was taking third team snaps, and this week he's been bumped up to number two. Um, I do think it's important that we call out two important key components. This one. I don't know how many drills the, the media saw. It could have been one round. Maybe they alternate um, him and Purdy, who was number two last week. And two, just a reminder, both Casey Thompson and Logan Smothers are still not practicing. So all of this to say, I don't buy it. I don't buy him being our number two quarterback. I think there is, at this juncture, 
I mean, even if I didn't believe that Chubba Purdy and Logan Smothers would beat him out, which they may not, I know Casey Thompson will when he comes back. So he is, if he is number two, not really sold on that today. But if he is, that is just holding it until Casey Thompson and the real quarterback uh, competition begins. Wow. Harburg hater right there. So the list and drills came. Uh, Jeff Sims won, Harburg two, Purdy slipped to three. He was second the week previous. And then Torres at the end. Derek, what are your thoughts here? Well, I kind of wish Tyler quit peeing in my Kool-Aid. Man, that was kind of that was kind of Un- uncalled horrible. for, wasn't it? Yeah. What? I mean, but, you guys just don't hate on Chuba. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to hate on anybody, but yeah, I think it's possible that uh, Harburg could have bumped into number two. Now, when, when you're right, when Casey Thompson comes back, that's his spot. It's either first or second for him. There's no way that I think Harburg's beating out. Sims or Casey Thompson. Uh, really? h- however, I do I do think he could be the next best after that. You've heard a lot about him all spring, uh, so it's, it's it's hard not to bu- start buying into some of it. So if there's an offense, and we and we we've seen Chubba Purdy. If if there's an offense that Matt Rule wants to run, who fits in that offense better, Harburg or Casey Thompson? It sounds like Harbert, or I'm sorry, Matt Rule wants to run the quarterback. Can Casey Thompson run the ball like Matt Rule he did wants pretty well. to? I I don't I don't know if he could do it as like Matt Rule wants him to do, but yeah, I mean he, he, he had to run for his life several times last year behind a terrible offensive line. But again, it's that narrative like when we picked up Harburg, he couldn't run the ball, and now all of a sudden he's one of the most athletic kids on the team. So I don't know. I, I, I get, the staff is I, high on him. I, I would go to this point. It is to me, if you're saying running the quarterback is an extremely important element of what this offense is going to be, then if if that's if that's the narrative, then there's no reason to believe that Logan Smothers doesn't come back and seriously compete for that spot. Because I mean, I believe to this point he has been a more dynamic runner, and all the comments. About how well how Harburg's the best athlete in the quarterback room. Logan Smothers was that guy before he got injured. So, I mean, there's no reason to believe coming after the summer that he can't be in that conversation again. That's fair. And again, and that's based just on running. I mean, obviously, we know there's some shortcomings with him. The, the way I look at the Harburg situation is, I do believe that it is right now a legit competition between. Purdy in him, who is that second quarterback? And if you guys want to believe that, hey, maybe he's got that spot number two, I I, I guess we'll probably get more insight in the spring. That might be one of the head key storylines in the spring game is who looked better between those two. But it not even close to a runaway, in my opinion, to that uh, that he's got that spot locked down, and you know Chubb is going to fall to fourth quarterback on the depth chart, guaranteed. So I think everyone just underestimate Logan Smothers. So in your estimation, Tyler, because, okay, so let me preface this by saying a lot of people are going back and forth between Jeff Sims and Casey Thompson as possible starters, right? Yeah. Either one of those guys could be starters. How much of a drop-off is there from Jeff Sims to what we would see in Harburg and Purdy in spring? What would you say at this point? I mean, I'm guessing, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah. we we don't see practice. but I'm guessing there's a fairly dramatic i mean we, here here's what i'll say is like last year sure. Har- harburg didn't see the field and like to me we saw the drop off what happened when casey thompson went down and the backups we saw how big a drop off that was like and now we're talking about a guy who wasn't even good enough to be one of those backups last year and again he gets better new system new coaches maybe he was injured a lot of things could factor in this i don't want to make it sound like I believe this guy's a bum and never going to amount to anything. But I just, I find it hard to believe that all of a sudden a guy that couldn't even crack the fourth string quarterback last year is all of a sudden competing for the starting position. I just, that, that Jer- leap. Jarrett Sinek was ahead of him. I, yeah, exactly. That, that leap is just insane to me. 
And it's not like Harburg was this like insane recruit coming out of high school that just needed a little bit of time to develop. Like, and it wasn't like he was a true freshman last year either. He was a two-year guy. I mean, so there's just a lot of points here that make me just think that, like, I'm happy for him. I think he is one of the key storylines this spring. I mean, don't get me wrong. The emergence of him, I do believe that he's come a long way. I just, I think that we just need to cool our bridges a little bit. Derek? And that's fine. But as far as drop-off goes, sure. I mean, you got experience level alone is going to be drop-off. I mean, you got 23 starts to nothing. So, I mean, that alone is going to be a huge drop-off, I think. Even if he's playing well in practice, you get him on a game field, that's a lot different. Well, So, yeah, there's got to be a big drop-off. So one of the things that's also gathering a lot of buzz is uh, some of the highlight videos that the athletic department's putting out, which are always phenomenal, right? But we saw the physicality that Henrik Harburg uh, puts in with that Huge block uh, on uh, Gifford, right? Oh. I mean, what a block. So that takes us into uh, our second topic and the physicality of practice thus far. I mean, we're hearing about it. We're seeing a little bit of it. So, I mean, I find it hard that we're going to disagree on this topic at all. But, Derek, how great is this to see? Well, it's great, but it feels like 2018 again. Like, it feels like we said all these things in 2018. Talked about the physicality being so much better than what it was under Riley. It's getting to the point where I, I just want to see it on the field. Like, but you're seeing it in the photos, I mean, or in the videos, well, yeah, right? Well, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it was a great block by Harburg. I mean, that was phenomenal to see. I, I, I will never complain about seeing some physicality. Yeah. Uh, but but I want to see it pay off, too. I does no good for him to throw one block, give it a get on video, and sit around for the rest of practice, I guess. Well, you know, green jerseys made a little bit different, but it used to be, you know, like green jersey, my ass. Don't touch the quarterback. Why can <laughs> why is he laying out like that on a block? That was crazy. Uh Tyler, your thoughts on uh physicality of practice. You know, I, I'm not gonna be quite the naysayer that Derek is, and I, I'm gonna believe this at face value that the physicality is better at this juncture. And I am all for it. Uh, um, you know, it, it, we don't know exactly what Scott did. Um, but what we do know is it seemed like, man, we had a lot of injuries always heading into the spring game. And it seems like this year, with what I believe, and it sounds like, is an intense level of tackling and physicality. Uh, I mean, we're getting through it healthier, um, which is a great sign so far. But, yeah, I, I think that the spring is really meant for the, the heavy contact. And when I'm hearing that, hey, they're letting tackles happen on quarterbacks, like, that is just shocking to me in this day well, and age. It, it helps when you have 16 quarterbacks on your roster. Like, next man up, right? I mean, when, when two of them are injured right now, <laughs> I mean, I don't know about next man up completely. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome to see. As long as no one gets hurt. Yeah. What I, I forget the name of uh, that syndrome that Scott Frost put uh, two or three guys through uh, when he first got here through excessive uh, workouts. What the hell was that name? They were hospitalized oh. for a little bit. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called. <laughs> the, rutabaga keeps <laughs> coming to my head. <laughs> it's not rutabaga, damn it. Tyler, you'll never get that name. Anyway, uh, it's it'll come to me in the middle of the episode. I'll get it. Get to it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, topic number three, and uh, our defensive line coach Terrence Knighton had some interesting topics on the pass rushers. Now we've had a lot of conversations about what uh, this defense, this three-three-five, is going to look like, and where the rushing is going to come from. Well. You know, now we have names that are going to go along with that. So maybe that helps us fill in a little bit of the puzzle pieces that we have here. But kind of interesting names. Derek, what did you see here? All right. Well, it, it was interesting because a lot of the names that were being mentioned were uh, so a lot of the new guys. Uh, Prince Will, Uman Milan. I can't say his name. I sound like Tyler. Tyler, right help now. him out. <laughs> Uman Milan. You got it, Derek. Uh, 
MJ Sherman's getting brought up. Jamari Butler's getting brought up, which he's been around for a while. But uh, Maverick Noonan, another another new guy, freshman guy coming in, and Kai Wallen, the the uh, junior college guy that just came in. Uh, so it's interesting to hear some of these names. Uh, but the comment that he's making is that these guys can play down with with their hands in the dirt or play standing up. Uh, so he, he kind of left you still wondering what these guys are going to be doing, but you at least know there's going to be some pass rushes going on with it. And you hope they're better than what we had. You know, I, I know that he's not going to go down and name, like just name drop everybody on there, but were you kind of surprised that chief borders didn't give a, get a mention a little bit just, just because he's been such a key cog in this whole spring with everything he gets mentioned with everything and yeah. then all of a sudden for but he might be with linebackers more so he may not yeah. have he may, he may not be night and may not see him much i don't i don't know tyler your thoughts well what i i think i found most interesting again going back to the premise that we're right now believing we're in a three three five it, it's when you hear night and talking about who is being the pass rushers i feel like that kind of answers probably a question of where these guys are going to be playing uh i i didn't know if we'd see the pass rushers at linebacker or if they were going to be on, on the line of scrimmage um utilization is going to be still really interesting because like a guy like jamari butler like is he up for run defense in a 335 or is he just going to be coming in on passing downs could we see another nascar package who knows with these four yeah. guys Justin drink. God, I thought we were done playing the drinking <laughs> game with NASCAR packages. I mean, but but you know, they they named four guys. Uh so I mean, perfect number. But it it does still beg the question of how these guys are going to be used. Um it, it's interesting to see that the guys that are named again, not really any shockers. Um three new guys like Derek pointed out. You, it, it is shocking, though. And it's not shocking by who was mentioned. What's shocking is who's left out. Like, you heard nothing about Nash Hotmacher. You heard nothing about Ty Robinson. But but do you, do you think Ty Robinson's a pass rusher? Like, I, I don't think it, of them. I, yeah, I don't think of them as pass rushers at all. I think those are, like, straight-up defensive linemen. I, I don't think that their role is, to, uh, like what Tyler's talking about, passing downs and getting after the quarterback. I, so, I think they're okay. whole stuffers. Is it, is it going to be like a hockey game like where hey it's a passing out line change and just bring in two new guys like the, that piece is still yet he's to only be char- he's o- he's only coaching three guys at a time right like i mean only three of his guys gonna give you on the field at a time you'd think right like if we're 33 three, five I, that's where i'm confused i, I some it, of those other guys didn't even get mentioned because is it a strong side defensive end is going to be the run guy and the weak side's a pass rusher and only playing one of them i mean like I, I don't know. I mean, this is this is why we need the spring game to get here, I so we can at least get somewhat of an idea of what's going on. Or are we running a four two or four two? Maybe we're not running a three three five. Could be, yeah. It, it's it's crazy. But again, even if that even if that's the case, and you got all four of these guys on the field. That leaves Nash Hotmacher and Ty Robinson off the field. Yeah, that's fair. Wait, right now, which one of these guys are you probably most excited about heading into the fall? Out of the ones that Derek just mentioned? Yeah, the guys that Knighton mentioned as pass rushers. Like, if you had to say, okay, of the four guys, who's going to lead the team in sacks? Oh, I I would probably lean towards uh, MJ Sherman. That's, that's my pick, jo- MJ Sherman. Would probably be my top guy. Uh, but uh, but as far as potential goes, I think Prince Will is probably the highest potential to me. I mean, do you think that? I mean, as a true freshman, true do you think, freshman coming no, in. No, I I think he's got the highest potential. I don't think he will, it would be this year, but in his career, I think Prince Will would be the better player. You know, I I, I just thought about this. You know, when uh, Tyler brought up the NASCAR package, do you remember last year? Headed into the season, we played the game about over under on like sacks. And then Tyler had like had us like at over forty sacks last year because of the NASCAR package with Ty- Oshawn Tyler does not Mathis. remember this conversation. Tyler does not remember this conversation at all. He's shaking his We're head. Like forty no, sacks and he goes, this. Yeah, these guys are studs. 
And we had 21 sacks last year. <laughs> God, that was funny. So, Tyler, what is your prediction on sacks? You're talking about sacks here. I, I mean, I, I guess the good sign is I'm just I'm not expecting a lot of sacks this year. Um, I think we're going to have a really good defense. I just don't know if I see a lot of pass rush. Um because I, I I'm with I'm on the the Jamari Butler camp. I think he's going to be our best pass rusher this year. Um, I I just don't I, I here in the Big Ten. I don't know if we're ever going to see a ton of sacks. There's too many teams that we play that run the ball too much. Teams like Illinois who are going to put seven linemen up there and just run the ball down your throat. Minnesota is going to do that. But the problem with like, that, Derek, just, is it's relative, right? Like maybe not ranking number one in the country in sacks. But you don't need to finish second to last in the Big Ten. Like, it, I mean, you can. We weren't though. Like, Indiana was below us. Rutgers was below us. Minnesota Four teams was below us. us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I yeah I I guess I, maybe I'm thinking second to last in our division, but um, but yeah, I mean, I know we are near the bottom and whatever I was looking at. Sacks yeah, it was. Minutes, so. We weren't great. <laughs> no, not by any means. But I guess that's the thing. But 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 but, but it hurts your stats when you have three or four games that you're just probably not going to get many sacks. I mean, it's not, there's not much of a shot at getting any sacks. We do play Purdue and they give us all the opportunities we need to. That is fair. That is fair. Or they had, and you, and you, and you got to come up with more than zero sacks in that game Yes, and not give up 40 something points. That would be nice. I, I just, yeah, I, again, I think the, the, when we were talking about this with the gen red, I think this, this was a topic I know that Derek, you're really big on is, what does the pass rushers look like? We're, I think we're nine, ten days away from hopefully getting a little bit of clarity. It's great to know the guys that we're expecting in that room. It's great to kind of understand where Blaine Gunderson is seeming to fit more in the defensive tackle slash end and run. Maybe Chief Borders is going to be a pure linebacker, um, which if that's the case, maybe adds a little bit more clarity into that room. Um with a couple of these guys not being in the linebacker room. Uh, I don't know. It, it just was a very telling to me, like, statement to kind of start to piece together where people are playing. It's just still the question of, like, are we playing pass rushers every down? Is it a special set? Is it, Well, if we're it not going to know that in spring game anyway. We're not going after so? the quarterback. No, we're not going to go after the quarterback in this game. We, we, we go after – apparently we go after them in the drills, live contact. No, no apparently the quarterbacks go after them. <laughs> That's fair. Because I guarantee you right now, if Isaac Gifford can get his hands on Harburg, oh. I guarantee you he'd love to get his hands on him right now. That would be because he's got to be he's got to be embarrassed by that video. Oh, I, I mean, you let you let a quarterback lay you out. They, they were talking on Twitter. They were going back and forth a little bit, and Harburg was like, "I need to keep my head on a swivel after that one." So, oh, really? I missed all that. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, I gotta keep. I, I would tell you, I would love the next highlight video to show Gifford getting a little bit of revenge. I don't want to see him get hurt, but a nice little open field, little good form tackle. My God, could you be any more like obvious in your hatred for Harburg? <laughs> I mean, you started I, off. I like, hope he rips his head off. Yeah. <laughs> I hope oh. he shits down his neck. <laughs> I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna buy a Harburg jersey. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna support him. <laughs> Whatever his NIL deal is, I'll buy his beef jerky or whatever he's selling. But uh, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm keeping it 100, guys. Keeping it 100. All right. Speaking of numbers here, on three had a ranking of the head coaches in college football. It was not on three. It was actually PFF. Oh, was it PFF? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was just the article. I'm sorry. The article I sent to you guys was from on three, but it was actually PFF that made oh, it. Oh, Okay. Well, thank you for pointing that out. I did. I missed that, but it had Matt Rule in there at number twenty-five. So, is Matt Rule really a top twenty-five coach in your opinion, Tyler? I I think so. I I think what he's. I mean, I will. I'm gonna talk about both sides of my mouth. It is hard because there are a couple omissions from that list that I was like, man, it seems weird not having Kurt Ferentz in that list. Yeah, like I mean, very true. And so you start seeing a couple of missions. You're like, man, I'm a little shocked. So I understand that there's 25 guys in a list. But do I believe that Matt Rule is one of the 25 best coaches in college football with what he did in Baylor, what he did in Temple? I I do. I think that there is 
I, I truly do believe he is in that category. It's just, it gets a little bit challenging. Like, I don't know who I'd bump off that list to get a couple more. You know, Pat Fitzgerald, I know, has had a couple down years. I, I'm not ready to write him off. I mean, there's no P.J. Fleck, which that's a good omission. But, uh, uh, but the, yeah, I, but to answer your question, I, I do. I think it's a fair rating. He's in the lower, he's number 25 out of the top 25. I think that's a fair assessment with what he's accomplished, especially given he's had a couple years off. Jimbo Fisher comes in at number 17. Does anybody really believe he's a top 25 coach? Well, sure, he's got a national title on his resume, so I can put him in. So does Scott Frost, damn it. Is he a top 25 head coach? He's not a head coach. You you want to know where the list is really screwed up. Maybe you guys will disagree with me here, but uh, to me, having Luke Fickle in it in a top 10, (laughs) he <laughs> seemed a little bit big to me. Yeah. I, I don't think he's a top 10 coach, but whatever. I it'll, And look, I don't think, uh, I, I don't think rules should be in the top 25 right now. Like really? let's let him get some wins. Yeah. Let's let him get some wins before we start. It'd be like putting Nebraska in your top 25 right now. It's just, it doesn't make sense right now. I think the difference though, I, I think there, but I think there are coaches that deserved it. Like Brett Bielma, as much as I hate that guy, he should probably be in that top 25. Have you seen what he's done? At Illinois, like they're giving all the credit in the world to uh, Lance Leipold, but Brett Bielma has done pretty damn amazing at, at Illinois in his couple years. There. Shit the bed at Arkansas. Fair. He did great at Wisconsin, though. He's doing great at Illinois. He's got the big. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 th- I think. Uh, I think there are names that probably deserve to be in there before Matt Rule, and Matt Rule should probably well, could be in there if he can win some games at Nebraska. But let's see him win some games before we start throwing him in the top twenty-five. So I don't in have my opinion. I don't have a problem having him in the top twenty-five at all, based off of. I mean, he's not a newer coach. He's got Power Five experience. He's got NFL experience. He's been around the block. Uh, he's done some great things. Had some great years. Yeah, sure. He's had some bad years in his first year at a couple of stops. But I, I, I firmly believe that he is a top twenty-five guy. And if he's not perceived as a top 25 guy, why would Nebraska pay him top 10 money for, you know, not being a top 25? For the same, for the same reason we paid Scott Frost top 10 money, because he was the big name out there. But, but you know what? At the time, I think people thought Scott Frost was legitimately a top 25 coach. I know Huskerland, right. they believed he was a top you're, 10 coach. You're absolutely right. And that's why I want to hold off with Matt Rule right there. We all thought it with with the last coach too. Well, uh, unlike Frost, I mean Matt Rule has lots of experience. I, I get it, but not in the Big Ten. So let's see what he does here. I, I again, I I just think with that resume, I mean, okay, so how many coaches have been National Coach of the Year? I mean, not that hard to do the math there and say of the active coaches, how many could have it. I mean, and Matt Rule has one of the national coaches of the year for his year at Baylor. I mean, so it, it is, he's obviously been successful. That was his last year of college coach. He was the best coach in the country, got the award for it. To say that he's not a top 25 just because he had a couple years in the NFL, like, I just think, is it, it just, it's not reality. I think he clearly is. Now, the question is, I think some Nebraska fans, you know, it's interesting. We're talking about does he make the top 25? I think a lot of the Husker Nation, and I'm shocked none of you guys are taking this stance, is was he rated way too low on that list? And, I mean, him coming in at 25, like, I think there's probably a good portion of Husker Nation, and I think we're a little bit more reserved here, that probably would have him in that top 10 to 15 range. Um, and and, and, I, and I, I think there's some resume points to that. Um, that would back that up. I think there's a little bit of Kool-Aid that would also help support that. But uh, Give me seven, eight wins this year, and we we could talk about you being a top 25 coach. Seven wins to do that for you, though? I was going to say, if he gets seven after, wins. After, after how many years of four and five wins? Yeah. See, Three, four, would, and five wins? Yeah, I think he would absolutely. drop out if he only gets seven wins this year. I, think, I don't think he's getting back in the top 25 next year, which is interesting. You don't have him in now. You, you just... You go against the grain, Derek. You go against the grain. 
Well, sure. I mean, because at that point, you're already proving to me that you could start turning this program around. You took a four-win team to a seven, eight-win team. Yeah, so you'd eight, almost eight wins. If you changes that conversation, I don't know how much seven wins does. You're barely winning oh, okay. over half of your games. Again, that's two years under Scott Frost. Yeah, but but we, I mean, and and we've talked about this a little bit, but it, it's worth restating that we very quickly. I understand that we have been jaded in Nebraska history and holding everyone up to the the bar of Tom Osborne has probably not been fair to all the coaches we've had. However, we can't now hold all the coaches to the bar of Scott Frost. Like, like <laughs> Exactly. Like, like, well, at, at least he's not the worst coach in Nebraska yeah. history. <laughs> like, I mean. So that's all I'm asking. That's all my expectations are right now. Just prove to me that you're better. It's got to get better throughout the next couple of years, too. But for this year, just prove to me that you're actually better than Scott Frost. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I really don't fundamentally disagree. And Justin, I mean, 7-8 wins is, while I do think that 7-2-8 wins is a definitely a different different tier of wins, I mean, it's not drastically different. But I, I do think that if he doesn't win nine games, I think the some of the hype will start to shine down a little bit off of him. Um. But probably wrongfully so. Like I said, I, I, I think my, my stance on him, and I, I was going to kind of do this, it, it's hard to do the country, to rank all the coaches in the country. Um, but I was kind of looking at the list, like how many of those coaches, how high in the list would I have to go to be like, I would trade that coach for Matt Rule. And, I mean, they're, they're probably most of the top 10 guys I would, but you get to the teens, a lot of those guys I'm like, would I rather have Jimbo or Matt Rule? I'd probably rather have Matt Rule. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think Jimbo Fisher being in at number seven, he's the only one that doesn't belong in the top 25. I think an argument could be made for every single guy on there to be in the top 25 except Jimbo Fisher. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you two other guys that got completely flat- flipped around here is Jim Harbaugh at number three and Dabo Sweeney at number four. Now, I don't care where you want to put Jim Harbaugh, whatever. Dabo Sweeney definitely deserves to be ahead of him. He's got, what, two, three national championships under his belt? I know they had a down year last year. He hasn't been quite as good lately, but, geez, talk about what have you done for me lately. But 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 going back to – I just I, I got the list, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through, like, 16 through 20 real quick. Go for it. Chris Kleiman, 16. Jimbo Fisher, 17. Mark Stoops, 18. Mike Gundy, 19. Willie Fritz, 20. Like, I would take Matt Rule over all of those coaches. I think Matt Rule has accomplished more in college football. I mean, Mike Gundy obviously has a pretty long resume, but he has a lot of bad years in there, too. Like, I would take him over. So then you get to, like, the top 15. Kalen DeBoer, maybe a little bit more questionable. Lance Leopold, a little questionable. Lane Kiffin, clearly not, in my opinion. Sonny Dykes, you can't do that after his last year. Uh, Josh Heupel, obviously a really good year at Tennessee. So I feel like... In the upper teens is probably really where he deserves to be somewhere in there, maybe, maybe low twenties. But it, it, I think, I mean, but I think he's clearly with what he's accomplished, a top twenty-five coach. I think it's interesting because you like Dave, they, you like Dave Clawson over Matt Rule before it started, and Dave Clawson is sitting at twenty-two. Dave Clawson is criminally underrated. He should be higher. Give give that guy his flowers. I, I, I do tend to agree with you there. I, I think he is way underrated there. Okay. I, I also think Jonathan Smith's a little bit underrated, slightly. Yeah. I mean, what he did at Oregon State was really impressive. It, it is impressive. Taking a shit team to what he's doing, I think it's it's impressive. But again, Matt Rule is definitely in the conversation with those guys. But the 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 Kurt Ferentz, as much as I hate Iowa, the the. I mean, the slander by not having him in the top twenty-five is is pretty. I mean, he 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 one hundred percent deserves it. I wonder if they expanded it to thirty teams. If he is even in the top thirty, I don't know why yeah. he would. Has to be right. Maybe he's being held back because of his decision to keep Brian as OC. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Or, and, then, and and again, and you start going through the guys like Derek mentioned Bielma, like. Pretty good. I I still think what Pat Fitzgerald has done his tenure at Northwestern. Just I I know 
two years is rough. Maybe if this year it goes bad, he you can no longer give it. But, you know, PJ, I mean, there's a lot of coaches in the Big Ten that you're just kind of like, yeah. You know what? And, and, right now, and right now, I would rank PJ ahead of Matt Rule as far as his top 25 goes. Oh, I, and I, I hate get, saying yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Because I, no. I, 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 don't, I don't like PJ. But, I, again, what he's doing at Minnesota has been relatively impressive all right it's that time of the year where it's the off season so i think this is a, a prelude to a future episode here shortly so ranking the big 10 coaches it's hard so it really it's gets very hard, hard to start separating these guys yeah all right uh one last topic to get into with our uh, mid-spring update part two and that is the transfer portal it opens back up on saturday april 5th 15th i'm sorry and so what I'm interested to know from you guys is will there be any Husker in the portal before the spring game? Tyler. I, I mean, I would I would guess yes. Um, it just seems really almost impossible when you know you have to lose that many guys on scholarship to have an answer no. I don't think it's going to be a high number. Um, but I do think we'll probably hear some noise right around that time before the spring game. Um, I think that the interesting, yeah. So I guess that I'll, I'll start there. That that's my thing. I think we'll see a couple of names before the spring game pop. Derek. Oh, absolutely. We're going to see some names. Look, we're too far into spring. These guys know where they stand. Maybe not, maybe not. I mean, 100% know where they stand, but if you're, if you're taking third team reps, you know, you're probably not going to be a starter. So I mean, so a lot of these guys are going to know this. So they're going to make a decision. They they know there's going to have to be some some roster attrition. Like it's it's coming. So why not get a head start and get your name in there before everybody else does? Yeah. So if I were to set the over under on number of transfers that we see prior to the spring game at three point five, would you say over or under? I, I would say slightly over, maybe four or five. Over? Tyler? I guess under. Under? All right. It, it, mainly because it's a week out. I think the spring game's so close. Like, maybe these guys want to get that tape on field, too. Like, I just think we're so close to see a, I don't know, four or five guys leave. It just seems, I don't know, that seems not what I would expect. Where would you put it? I think it's. I think it'll be over, just slightly over. I think that three point five is a really solid number. Three to four is probably my pick. I'm gonna edge on the over because look, everybody knows that there needs to be about fifteen, sixteen guys that need to be kicked, you know, not kicked off, but that need to be leave the program before fall camp starts. Right? You have an extra week if you already know that maybe you don't really if you you don't have a uh, a role on this team, whether it's offense or defense, why not take that extra week to get into the portal when there's other teams looking to for pickups, right? You get that extra week to find a new home. So if you know that your days are numbered, why stick around for a spring game that you may or may not have, you know, maybe that spring game won't influence any coach uh, coach's decisions at that point. I think that extra week really helps, would benefit people that are on the edge right now of transferring anyway. Maybe. I, I do think it's going to be interesting, though. I mean, we know there's 14 people that have to leave. And it, the question is, is how much over that 14? Because, you know, you, it wouldn't be shocking if rule there's some walk-ons uh, that you're starting to hear a little bit of buzz on. John Bullock um, is one, yeah. Yep, that you're like, man, maybe they want to give a scholarship to one of these guys so they don't transfer. Um, and, and then vice versa, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they want to hit the transfer portal and grab another guy or two. Um, I, I personally am not a big fan of going to hit the transfer portal at this point. I feel like you kind of have your bed, but I don't I know. You got to see who you got to see who goes into it though. Right. You, right. you got to I mean, shop I think, around. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think you got to. But do you cut just out of preparation that you might get a guy? I mean, I just, I just, 
I just don't like the idea of cutting guys. I think that you offer a scholarship, and I know Rule did it, but he offered a lot of these guys scholarships. I mean, the the challenge is how many players are still not on campus to really get a good insight of what this roster is going to look like. Well, you know, I mean, it's kind of like that uh, the conversation that uh, we, we had earlier, you know, uh, about uh, Matt Rule's comments. You know, it's like, uh, we're not here to try hard. You know, we're, we're here to win. We're not here to try hard and thank the fans. We're here to win. And so if there's a guy out in that transfer portal that can help you win immediately, they're going to do it. I mean, this staff has been aggressive in their recruiting practices, the way that they brought in extra players onto the roster to get our, you know, our numbers as high as they are, right? They've been ultra aggressive. And there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to continue doing that to make this roster what they think can win in the Big Ten in year one. I don't think that they're looking at this roster saying that this is the roster that they want to roll into 2023 with at all. They're going to look to get better. That's that's my thought. Derek, you don't sound convinced. I It don't bother me either way. I... <laughs> <laughs> look, look I, I, I'm not as down on the roster as you are. Uh, maybe it's not the best roster in, in the Big Ten, but it's, it's definitely top, a top half roster. And I, I so you just got to start winning games with them. I mean, I, I need to see some development. And I, look, I've said that time and time again. The roster's fine. But you know what? If there's an opportunity to get better, the only, the, do the, it. The only thing, the, the only thing that if if I am this staff, the only positions I am looking to try and upgrade in are probably on the lines, offensive and defensive line. You know, if I can find some guys that are top notch guys, but the problem is, is those guys are getting eighty offers because every school that every every school wants them. And I would not, sh- I would not turn away a good wide receiver either. I, again, I, I, I'm not as low on the wide receivers as you guys are. I, I'm buying into Billy Kemp. I think he's going to be a great wide receiver. All right. We, we got more positions out there. That's fine. I I think we're set pretty well. I think our defensive backs are good. I think our wide receivers are good. Our running backs are good. Uh, the, the only positions that really, that really worry me are the lines. Yeah. May, maybe linebacker. I, I don't know. But I think linebacker is pretty full. You'd have to really, you'd have to really get rid of some guys, I think, to pick some up there too. Tyler, are there any positions that you would go out and uh, reach out for in the transfer portal? I mean, again, I no, I feel pretty good about where our roster is at this point. I mean, now again, depending on where attrition hits us, um, that could change. But like right now, I'm sitting there saying, no, I feel good about the depth. I feel good about the youth. I feel good about the future. I, I'm beginning to start to see this. I mean, defensive line would be the position I'd point at, but the fact that I'm starting to see, like, okay, it seems like Blaine Gunnerson is getting healthy and he's working out there. The pass rushers seem to be like they're going to be moving up there. I'm starting to feel a little bit better about that room. Um, wide receiver would be the other room I'd point to. Um, again, it's just so hard because assuming you get Elante Brown back and Malachi Coleman comes in and he can at all give you what you want, I mean, you feel okay about that room. I, I, I'm i not, again, I know I'm a little bit lower on Billy Kemp than you, Derek, but I still think he's a guy that can come and play. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I wide receiver and defensive line would be the two positions I would point to, but right now I just, I, I think it gets really challenging when you talk about having to cut guys. Because, frankly, a lot of guys I'd probably look to cut are some of these incoming freshmen that are probably not on the chopping block. I just got to call you out, Tyler. One, just one more time. It's it's, it's Blaze Gunnerson. I even had to double check the roster because you had me second guessing myself. It's not Blaine. It's Blaze. It should be Blaine. Blaine is a better name. <laughs> Are you shocked that Tyler butchers a one syllable name? A one syllable no. name. No, I had to call you call you out a little bit, Tyler. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, your favorite head coach let- Tim Osborne would be so disappointed in you. <laughs> I, you know, I, I let it slide the first time, but she did it again. So I was like, I'm going to have to double check myself here. But so, so we know that there's a lot of attrition that needs to take place on the roster. I want to know from you guys, 
is there any one specific guy or a specific name that would maybe not hurt the program, but it would hurt their position group if they left? Can you think of anybody that would screw over their position group if they left? Anthony Grant. Anthony Grant at running back? Okay. He would screw it over? I think there's I think there's a lot of running backs that could fill in and be all right. I, mean, I would say I would say, and I don't know if there's. Pro- I'm hoping there's not much of a shot of this happening, but the two names that come to my mind would be um, Nick Henrich or Luke Reimer. Maybe not Nick Henrich because I'm not sure that I'm not confident that he's got a he's going to be you know a starter. I, Luke, that's, a, that's such an absurd take, Justin. Luke Reimer would might fit that bill, but I don't know about Nick. I, I I personally would put both those guys in there, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, I would too. What about Quentin Newsom? Does he screw over the cornerback uh, room? See, there, I thought about him and Miles Farmer. I just think the depth in that room is so great that like it would be a clearly a big loss for it. But I think there's enough depth that, God forbid, that happened to rebound it. My concern with like an Anthony Grant, and I know AJ Allen. I've heard a little bit of buzz that people are concerned he's going to transfer. Um, you know, he's been kind of quiet, been injured a little bit. Obviously, coming off of an injury. Like my concern at running back is it does seem like that's a room that's like the depth just quite isn't quite where I want it to be. I, I would, and that that's the just, depth at running back isn't quite we, where you want we just, to be. We just ranked him as a number one. And, and no, I did not. I did not have him number one. I had secondary number one, and what kept them from number one was depth. I had them go number... back list that episode. I could have sworn all three of us had running no, back I had as, our, as our best position group. And the reason why you're lucky, I take notes. Go ahead, Tyler. Keep and, talking. And the reason why it wasn't number one for me is because I think the depth is just it, it's good right now. But it's one position, one serious injury away from being in a little bit more trouble. Tyler had running back at two. I told you. Okay. Okay. Are you, did you? Okay. I, I'm sorry. I apologize. I, I really honestly thought you had him at number one. Because I know me and Justin both yep. did. Uh, I, look, I, I like Gabe Irvin. I like uh, A.J. Allen if he sticks around. I, Anthony Grant. I, there's just so many names back there I feel could start. Yeah. And I got four, four guys out there that can start. So if you that. lose if you lose one of them, I'm not, I'm not hoping for one of them to leave by any stretch of imagination. But you lose one, you still got three guys who can start. I'm, I'm okay with that. So if you want to look at depth as you know a contributing factor, let's say Ty Robinson if he leaves. I mean, what is that defensive? You know, he doesn't even have to leave. What if he gets hurt? What is that defensive that's a, that's line? That's a good name. That, yeah, that's, that's a good, a good name. Huh? That, Ty Robinson, I think, is a very good name. That could really hurt this team if he were to leave or, or get hurt. Yeah, I mean, that defensive line, I think... It starts getting pretty scary. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. the defensive line is already halfway scary the way it is. When when we're already, when our defensive line coach is talking about true freshmen that have only been there for a few months, making names for themselves, you're sitting there going, oh, geez. Not good. <laughs> like like, like all, all the power to Maverick Noonan. Like, I hope he's as, is as advertised. But... When I hear that, that that young of a kid coming in making a name for himself, I'm sitting here going, e, either he's really good or this defensive line's even worse than I was expecting. Yeah. I think all the guys that we just talked about outside of Anthony Grant, Anthony Grant would suck, but I don't, I don't think we're screwed over. I don't think the running back room is screwed over if he leaves or if anybody leaves out of the running back. But I mean, we're, we're going to hear some names that are be like, oh, that sucks. But I think we'll, we'll look at it as like, oh, that position group is going to be fine. But, uh, yeah. Shoot, I'm starting to talk myself into thinking that Ty Robinson is probably the the most indispensable guy that we can't lose at their <laughs> position group. You, you may be right, just for lack of depth. Yeah. Uh, any other nuggets that come out of practice that I did not touch on? What about the uh, comments from Matt Rule that Bryce Benhart is a uh, oh Tyler rolls his eyes here. Bryce Benhart is like an NFL, he's a Sunday type of guy. Tyler, you want to take your Har- Harburg hate and transfer it over to uh, I, you Bryce know, I, Benhart? I, I would say I'm happy to hear it. Um, I'm happy to hear it. 
Elaborate, please. I don't buy it. I mean, I have not seen one <laughs> bit of him that's... I, I mean, we know what his potential is. We know what his potential has been. But this is not even a Harburg who's three years in the program. Bryce Benhart is, what, is on his fourth year now? And he's played a ton. Yeah. That's fair. I, Tyler, I'm with you. That's fair. I, I'm, I'm hoping that old Donnie Rayola has got something figured out with him, like Matt Rule seems to think. I mean, I would just be happy. But, but, he, I'm, but I'm with you. I'm skeptical on that. I, I, I would be. I, I, I'm in the camp coming, that Coming in, he was a four-star guy coming in. You thought easily could be an NFL kind of guy. But we have, you're right. We have not seen it. I, I just hope that he's a good starter. Like, how about that? Like, I don't need him to be an NFL guy. Let's just see if he's a good starter. Yeah. And not just a serviceable body. Yes. Yeah. I, I'd take that jump. Turner Corcoran's another one. Like, I, I know we haven't heard much about him, but he's another guy. Like, wasn't he, like, one of our top all-time recruits? That's a Tyler question. He's a recruiting guy. Yeah, I mean, he, he's. I, I think he's the best recruit outside. I, mean, I think Malachi Coleman was up there, but I think Turner Corcoran was a higher recruit than him. I think he's a probably the highest recruit we have on the team right now. Actually, wow. Not, I'm, not I'm look. I'm, I'm looking at transfers, here. not pure transfers, but I'm, I'm looking it up here as as to where he stood. But I mean, so, but, he, but yeah, he's definitely a guy that you'd really like to see something finally come out of him like he's been one of the lowest pff graded linemen that we've had and he's supposed to be the one of the best but yeah, practice reports I mean, all the practice reports have him starting he's one of the top five guys so i mean that that came as a surprise but and i'm not surprised point, that he could or would start the nfl comments nine, did shock me he was a point nine seven four eight which makes him like one two three four our eighth highest recruit, and in, in, since they've been tracking it, nice. And, and by far, I mean he's only t- just barely under an Indominus Sue, as far as rankings go. Well, so so yeah, I mean that, that's a, that's a guy I would really love to see finally turn a corner because got to go inside though. It sounds like right. I'm fine with that if that's where he's comfortable and that's where he's going to succeed. Yeah. All whatever, just do whatever it takes to make him better. That's such a waste of talent if he does never get better. All right, guys, it's been a fun episode. Uh, there's a lot more to get into than what I actually thought this week, so that was uh, that's always fun. Next week's going to be a great episode. You know, we're going to finally hear some names who actually enters the transfer portal, get an idea on that, and it's going to be our spring game preview. So that's always fun. So things that we want to uh, see in the spring game, which is a lot apparently. So uh, let's get out of here. Special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter, at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for our episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.